0: Hey guys, welcome to the Offside Football Show. My name's Hominda.
1: Hello, Hi. it's Jacob. Yo,
2: it's fresh. Deeps.
3: Yo, it's Adam.
4: And hey, it's Joe.
0: And in this week, we'll be starting off with a game that I think most of us are pretty disappointed with, and that is Chelsea versus Spurs, which finished 0-0. So I want to ask... Deepson Hardy, what are your thoughts and opinions on this game?
5: Um, it was a shit game to be honest. Like you think two teams, right, London derby, like you think both teams will be going for it, but none of the teams really went for it. In the end, they kind of settled for like a draw, a point, and it was it was a shit ex- shit viewing experience. Not gonna lie to you, it was one of the most disappointing games of this um of the season. To be fair, that's how bad it was. No team was re- really out there attacking, wanting to win the game. Like both teams looked really scared and they both teams it looked like didn't want to lose rather than win. And so so therefore it wasn't like it wasn't shocking to see the result and the display we got. Um yeah, I mean no one really showed any sort of ambition. And if I was a fan of any of those teams, like maybe I would settle for a draw, but as a neutral the game was rubbish and I mean, I don't, I don't see any like both of these teams are there or thereabouts in terms of um, the, the ch- title charge and stuff, but no team really like put a stamp on or like put authoritative performance to suggest that they should be taken seriously at this stage of the t- as this stage of the season anyway. So in the end, I I don't really have much to say on the game other than that it was a very very shit viewing and I just want more like go up, like go for it, man like. The season, it could be there for anyone to win it. Any- everyone keeps saying the same thing, that th- anyone could take this title. And I just really wanted one of those teams to really go for it. And in the end, we didn't. So I guess as if you're a fan of those two teams, you'll settle for a draw. But it was as a neutral, it was rubbish viewing. What do you think, Hardy?
6: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the match was pretty dry. But if I had to pick one of the teams that actually did try... You know, to make something happen. I think it was Chelsea. Chelsea yeah. was attacking Great. more than Tottenham was. Tottenham was just, they were happy to sit back and just defend, with ten men in the fucking box and just wait for a counter. And Tottenham the entire game they were just waiting for counters. Uh, they had one or two good chances, but they against they they came from counters. It's not like they were actively trying to attack. It was like okay, cool. We you know we we'll wait for Chelsea to pass the ball around, and then. Wait for them to make a mistake and they hit them on the counter. That's not how I expected Tottenham to play. But, you know, I guess that is how they played. And uh, there was no goals at the end of it. I thought Chelsea would have scored by the end of the game, uh, by the way Chelsea was playing. But they didn't because Tottenham were just sitting so deep. Um, so, I, yeah, it just ended up being a really boring game and nothing exciting came out of it.
3: It's almost as if... Um you know, each team was just trying to nick it. Because you look at Spurs in recent history and Mourinho's really tightened up the defence. But by doing that, he's clearly um, removed some of their attacking threat. But I think that was Spurs' uh third clean sheet out of four games, I think. And um, something similar for Chelsea as well. Uh, I mean, we saw Chelsea versus United earlier in the season. And I yeah. think it's it's quite... You know, I'm I'm quite comfortable to say now any big team that comes to the bridge it's going to be a very defensive performance. It's gonna be a very safe performance uh from Lampard from Chelsea. So I think this is moving forward, we can expect to see a lot of this from Chelsea. Uh and then with Mourinho trying to show up his defense and in return reducing the attacking impotence of his team. I kind of saw this one being a bit of a a dull game, to be honest.
0: Yeah.
3: And it's maybe I'm a bit of a hypocrite for saying that in hindsight, because I still had Timo Werner, Son, and Kane in my fantasy team. Probably should have (laughs) taken them out. But yeah.
5: Mate, Mourinho stung Stamford Bridge out, man. The way he set up that team, and like, if you like, in hindsight, like you see, like Spurs at the top of the table, they got three points from City and one point against Chelsea away. Like you think in a, like taking both of the games into account, that's four valuable points for Spurs. So Spurs got what they wanted. Like literally, mm-hmm. it's like if you really look at it, and that's how Mourinho is going to go about the season anyway. He's going to try and gain as many three points from all the like the teams that are bottom down in the table or anything that any team that's below like the top six. He's going to yeah. try to go for three points. But anything in the top any any team in the top six, he's going to put this defensive defensive type of team to gain something out the game. And look. Mourinho's been here, done that before. He knows how like I I saw Mourinho setting up defensively anyway. I didn't really think he's gonna be very adventurous at all. And he wasn't. And I think there's a very strategic way Spurs are gonna go about it this season. And but in the end, I just don't think they're gonna have enough because Chelsea to be didn't create much, but against the other teams and in further down the season, I think there will be teams that will be be able to open that defense back line and will be able to score chances because I think at some point or the other, Spurs are going to have to start being more ambitious. I
4: would tend to disagree. This is typical Mourinho. Even when he was winning the title with Chelsea, how many like 1-0 dragged out games did they win? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't... Yeah, this is this is well and truly be, becoming Mourinho Spurs. Mourinho's up in the hot Spurs. But it's, <laughs> he, he, he's back in London. It's like, okay, I'm literally just across the road now. Let's set up the same shop I did before.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't... <sighs> to be honest, no. I, 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 I think Chelsea should have done better because they have the... Because Spurs are always going to set up the way they were. Chelsea are the more attacking side. But Chelsea had more chances to nick it, to win it. Um, oh. Abraham missed a few glorious opportunities. There was a header in particular that he just didn't make any good connection with it. If he just got a bit of power in that header, that was in the back of the net. Yeah, that was really
6: annoying. So annoying. Yeah. Just crossing it in and Abraham's like, oh, I'm going to
4: miss that one too. Yeah. I think it was Ziyech uh, that crossed that one in. But um, either way, with the attacking talent, Chelsea had they're the ones that could have won it. Nearly did i i don't I wouldn't call that game one of the worst of the season um I've seen worse already this season
5: I mean considering the, all the attacking players on display like that's what that's what I'm, like really meant I know there's been t- there's been matches this, uh, we've had nil nils and bad games but this was true I know it was like a chess battle at like the first half or so so some people were intrigued by it it wasn't int- it was intriguing to an extent but with all the quality players on display and how big this game can be like in the big scheme of things, I thought we'll get more out of the game than we actually did. And, and unfortunately, there wasn't just enough, there wasn't many highlights from the game. And in the end, I think both teams just was OK with the draw. And that's my big problem, was that no one really seemed disappointed.
4: Uh, they were they weren't. I mean, if you saw the, Mour- the Mourinho um, interview at the after the match, post-game, then... He said it. He was like, "We'll take it. The result is what it is." But we wanted to win. We're not happy with this. It was just one of those games where neither team could really afford to lose it. But we had opportunities, and it was always going to be like that.
5: Yeah, I suppose. So, I suppose. Yeah, in the biggest no. scheme of things, I suppose the draw was like both teams will be okay with it.
4: Yeah, no. they're okay, but not happy. Yeah.
3: So, yeah. Mourinho. Gone. Oh, sorry, um, Mourinho's clearly sh- showed up this uh, Platinum Hotspur's defence now, and he does have world-class players and match winners in this team. You know, you've know, got Son, uh, Kane, Gareth Bale when he's fit. I want to know everyone's opinion right now. Can Spurs challenge for this title over the course of a 38-game season?
1: Because mm-hmm. I think well, they can.
3: I think this well, is their I- best chance. Yeah. It- if their squad
0: manages to stay um, consistent without well, in any injuries, then they've got a huge chance. But take Kane and Son out of that team and you know, I don't see them challenging for the league.
4: Yeah, but they do have Kane and Son. I think that's the point. Um, that's like
6: saying take Marnie and Son out of Liverpool and can they challenge isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's um, they have those players, isn't it? So.
4: Well, hey, with uh, Liverpool, who knows who's going to get injured at this point? But... <laughs> um, I, I think they... Have a good shot, a good shout at challenging for the title this year. Spurs—they made know, a cu- couple know. good acquisitions in, like people like Doherty as well. I think he's a brilliant signing. Uh, With
0: I still, sorry, I sorry to say, um, I still feel like their football is still a tad too negative to win it, in my opinion. You can't just keep relying on like nicking on attacks.
4: Again, that's Mourinho. You, it, it's not pretty football. Like, I went, as, a, as a Man United fan, when he came to United, I knew he was going to suck some of the life and soul out of what United had been about for years and years. It wasn't going to be that attacking football where you see, like, three or four goals a game. It was always going to be the aim is get that goal, you hold it, you get the three points, next game, please. That's Mourinho.
5: Mourinho I don't win. think Spurs have got a chance of winning this league. I, I I I'm still not convinced. Like even this season just going by what the results have been for Spurs, there's been games man where they've nicked it at the end. It's been and I know we talk about Mourinho and nicking games and the way he's tactically sets his team up, but I think a few games this season have shown me they Spurs have just about nicked those points. And sooner or later, it's going to catch up to them because I haven't seen enough for them. They haven't won very con- convincingly yet or they haven't been very consistent throughout. They've put in some really good performances and which have got people talking about Spurs as potentially challenging for the title. But there's been games, man, where they've just nicked it in the end and just got slightly lucky. So I feel like I'm yet to see, like as just as a squad, I don't think they have got good, good enough players all around the pitch. They've got quality in certain areas, but not all around the pitch. And, I, and ultimately, I don't think... They're good enough to win the league, and they shouldn't win the league. And they, yeah, they, I, I I personally don't see it happening at all.
4: They do, I think, as a first eleven. The thing that I suppose you could actually kind of counterpoint without Sod and Kane, they wouldn't really stand a chance. Because as the season progresses, and I think we'll get to this.
3: Yeah. Can um and uh, Jake Jacob, what's your thoughts on Spurs' title challenge this year?
1: Um, personally, I just think that they uh. You know, as long as they can be consistent, it doesn't really matter about how you win as long as you do win or, you know, in certain games, as long as you don't lose. Um, as yeah. long as you can just keep finding a way to get the results that you need. doesn't really matter how it comes. Obviously, we can talk about wanting to enjoy the football as neutrals, but, you know, that's not really there for us. I didn't enjoy Liverpool winning the, winning the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, however they did it, it doesn't bother me. The fact is they won it. So, you know, if Spurs yeah. can do the same, they're the ones going to be celebrating at the end of the day. I hear that. Yeah, sure.
2: yeah, I agree. To be honest, with uh, Adam's point on like Spurs, this is their year to take it if they are going to take it. Um, especially with everything happening with the other teams like Liverpool, Chelsea, like still needs like now gelling. So they mm. are obviously contending them, and obviously this game was crucial for both teams. Um, so I can see why a point for fans would be good. Um, uh, but like Deep said, entertainment-wise, it was. Like boring, so yeah, I agree. In terms of like, if they do continue the way they're going, they will definitely be title contenders.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the defense wins your league. Pretty sure a famous manager once said that at some point.
0: <laughs> All right,
6: let's talk about the Liverpool and Brighton game then. What thoughts on oh. the Liverpool Brighton game?
0: Oh, shambles, honestly.
5: Oh, what another a another game that was. <laughs>
0: Another week, another another w- part of my soul dies for football, honestly. Like, I just want a nice game, you know, just... I don't know, it just feels like every time we score, I'm just not celebrating anymore. I don't remember the last time I've celebrated a goal. I think it's been a month or something. Like, It's been that bad. Like, I don't as a celebrate a Liverpool fan, do,
5: do you think you were hard done by that game? Like, I just out of, like, as a Liverpool fan, do you think you were really hard done by that game and by VAR?
0: Mm, I mean, like, I can't argue if it was it was a penalty but again i've seen referees not give that if that wasn't var do you know what i mean that's the thing yeah. that's the argument yeah. like, it's because var var is just, it's just it just can be so nitpicky to the point where it's like oh come on like really Wait, like did... also... sorry go on i
4: oh, sorry i didn't mean to interrupt That was like if if i remember correctly i might be wrong here correct me if i am didn't the ref give it initially <laughs> It wasn't a VAR, VAR looked at it to see if there was a clear and obvious, but it was given by the ref initially, wasn't it? Are
2: we no, talking am I... about Robertson's
4: no, am I wrong? penalty? I, oh, Robert, I, Robertson's penalty.
2: Is that what we're talking about? Because that wasn't given, I'm pretty sure.
4: No, go. VAR was, reverted
0: it. I was... I was is it, is about the... the... It's the way that Danny Wobbeck fell down, like, like five seconds later, that kind of like... Raised some questions on VAR and they kind of okay, like let's, let's investigate further into it and they saw the incident. Oh, okay, yeah, that one, that one, yeah. So yeah. the one, the one before that was that was. A penalty. I'm not complaining about that. That was. Still, what about
5: yeah. the performance though? Like I'm like just in the like the first half itself. Like Brighton were the better team. There were times like with like within the first ten minutes, didn't Connolly like get through on goal? Like there were signs yeah. signings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I'd be more like I know Liverpool like VAR and I know like this season it's a toss of a coin. Sometimes it's been going for teams, sometimes it's going against your teams. It's a bit like VAR is shit all round, and we've like obviously there's been many people have come out and said it. The VAR, the way it's being handled and used, is atrocious, and there needs to be changes made. But was it was the performance that convincing? Like for Liverpool, I'd be more concerned of their backline. Like the way Neco Williams got taken off at half time. There were some really bad performances, and like the way Brighton, the joy Brighton had. Especially in the first half, I think that would be of a bigger concern for like if I was a Liverpool fan is like in the end I would say like even though Liverpool fans would think that it was a little bit hard done by I think one one or like a draw would was a fair result at the end. Like just about.
3: Okay, so no, at, at the end yeah. sorry,
0: go ahead. No, I don't think it was a fair result. I mean if you if you judged at half time, I would say it's a fair result, but the second half we were clearly better. Yeah. That's a fact is like first off I agree with you. Once we take once once we've we, we taken Anika Williams off the pitch, for Milner in, and, and then when Henderson comes on, it just, it just, it's, it's a different game altogether. Like yeah, If Mane right. scored it scores that goal, like, do you know what I mean? That goes through. Like, yeah. And
3: you, you have to give credit to Brighton. Brighton play very, very good football, and they've been a bit unlucky with some of the results this year. They came yeah. into this game, and you could see from, from the first whistle, they had a game plan. Connolly was in behind, and Mope was operating... Uh, in the pockets between the lines uh, where he's really good. And if anything, Brighton were a little bit unlucky because Mope got injured so early on into that game, um, at which point he had already put Conley to, uh, through uh, two, three times. Yeah. Um, so, look, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You You miss a chance that you don't take. Brighton had really good chances in the first half, but we were so dominant for large portions of that second half. VAR aside, you kind of just have to take the draw um, as much as we don't want to, as much as we might feel hard done by, by the second soft penalty or part of Salah's foot being offside. But you just got to get on with it at this point. Now it's, you know, you've been there, you've done that. <laughs> it's not a new story, is it?
5: No, no, no. That's the thing with VAR. There's just no consistency, is there? You just never know.
3: And, um, but, uh, moving forward from that one, uh, what about the, uh, Chris Wilder and Klopp beef? Does anyone have any points, uh, any input on that one?
5: Uh, you love to see a manager losing, losing their shit, don't you? It was a like... setup,
0: BT setup, 100%. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Pre-off
5: question.
0: Kelly had it ready, man. Kelly had it ready. The script was ready for Kelly. bring those points up. <laughs> Yeah,
4: no, it, was fasc- it was fascinating to hear what Cop has to say because he has the insight. Like, you can say he was set up by Kelly. It, it wasn't cringe. Joe. I don't know
0: why you were saying it was cringe. It wasn't. Cringe, no, I
4: didn't. Either. I never said it was cringe. It was someone, someone else. Said the- was yeah.
0: Someone said it was cringe. Someone
4: said it was cringe. Um, no, I, I, I thought, thought it was interesting. Chat. Yeah. Okay, but uh, I suppose it's good it's the same points that we've talked about over and over and, over and then like you're seeing a manager get. A bit tempered, a bit angry. But he had he had valid points. You can under you can see it basically just laid out Cop's perspective. Okay, it was at the end of a match where he felt like he'd perhaps had decisions go against him that shouldn't have. It was of course there's always gonna be frustration there. And you're talking to you you're saying your opinion in front of millions of people who are Always going to have bias against you when you're part of such a big club as Liverpool. I'm not going to finish that sentence as a United fan. Uh... <laughs> uh, I just thought there, I was like, hang on. Um, but, <laughs> but you get my point.
1: Yeah. To be fair, I think not that the first time he said it either. So I, I, it's yeah. not like an isolated thing, you know, and it's definitely worth mentioning because every other league as far as i know is implementing these different changes you know to cope with the season but yeah. the premier league seems to be you know archaic in its in its thoughts and everything has to be structured a, st- a certain way and it's it's not really built to protect or you know to help the players at all and then you you're shoving in international games that really shouldn't really be played um, no. and it's just it's just not worth it you know if you want the the premier league to continue you've set up all these different things to allow it to be played, at least give it every chance to be played, you know, fairly on all sides.
5: Because uh, the bigger clubs... Second, sorry? These Broadcasters, these broadcasters, like these channels and everything, I think it is like it has annoyed like all the, like. There's some big managers have come out and opposed like the Premier League and the scheduling and like all that kind of stuff that's gone on, and it is a bit unfair. And you're seeing injuries left, right, center, and I can't help but think that it is slightly down to the circumstances we find ourselves in, and obviously hasn't been helped by the scheduling and obviously the, how things have been set up.
6: I think what well, I took away. That I re- what the one part of the interview that I sort of really enjoyed and I thought you know what I really resonate with this is when he goes you know it's not it's not I, I don't want five subs just so I can make tactical changes to my game and try to get points or whatever, he doesn't care about the game too much or he, he cares about his players more than yeah. trying to do better and trying to get those three points or whatever he's just like if I had five subs I would have rub off literally in the 60th minute or whatever, give him a rest you know, that speaks volumes, you know, um, at the fact that he's more worried about the players, especially at the state Liverpool are in right now. Um he, he cares more about the players and he's saying that the system doesn't care about the players. But do is... you
5: understand the argument from like the lower league the lower team managers though? Like if they do allow five subs, I mean I I mean as much as I am in four like having like five substitutions and everything because I think we do need it, considering all the injuries and scheduling in the games. But like where in terms of like the lower lower team managers, who don't have a big squad and stuff. Like if they, let's say against a big team, if the big team's allowed five substitutions, they can they've got people on the bench. But teams like Brighton, for example, Burnley, they don't really have the quality on the on on the bench as such. So if they do have five substitutions, they're gonna feel like hard done by slightly because they would feel they are at a disadvantage because of the lack of squad depth that the lower the not so big clubs have. So. I mean, it's toss of a coin. And obviously, the, uh, I mean, the, all the teams have to vote. So it's not like we just have to listen to the big clubs and everything like this other 16 teams in it. And if we if there's a vote, then I can see it being ruled out because of that particular reason. And I guess I, I guess it really depends on it. The Premier League has to like make a decision. And I mean, there's two sides to a coin and I completely understand it. So as much as i want five substitutions i can see why some teams and like some managers have voted against it because they they don't want to put their dis- their team at a disadvantage yeah.
0: well, what if like there's like three subs as normal but you're allowed two subs but only for injuries only is that like that, kind of something like, like
5: then that then you get the same
1: thing fun. with people uh, faking injuries if anything mm. if you just do That's a it. um you know academy or some like homegrown something like that just impose a certain rule that can make it fairer. Because if anything, from my point of view, it sounds more selfish from the likes of like Chris Wilder, because you're restricting the teams that are playing in sort of worse conditions, but only because like they're involved in more competitions, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, the more games you play, you know, the harder it is to recover, especially in the timeframes that we're seeing. There's so many games in such short periods of time. Yeah. You don't have time to train and recover. It's just, it's not feasible. So it's, like Deep said, it's two sides of the, the same coin, you know. It's it's hard for for the bigger sides and the smaller sides to come to an agreement. Maybe maybe four subs, you know. It doesn't have to be as drastic as five. There can be different, you know, rules on the subs, or you have to make the subs at the three allotted occasions like they did last year um, post-COVID. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's there's different things they can implement. Yeah. I, I just think they have to find a way to protect the players because they're clearly just in it for their own um, monetary gain. doesn't feel like a, like a fair system at all right now.
5: Yeah, and middle ground so middle is, is probably the best way to go. Sorry, Adam.
1: No,
3: sir, and I was just going to say, and you saw that a bit when Klopp came out and said, basically, in layman's terms to uh, Chris Wilder, I'm not selfish, you're selfish, which uh, we, we love to see two, mm-hmm. two grown professionals uh, arguing about uh, but just real quickly, before we move on to the uh, the United game, uh, just yeah. can we go down the list right now? Vote in favor, yay or nay? Five subs. Uh, Harmony, if, if you don't mind going first.
0: Uh, yes, for five subs.
1: Jacob. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was just thinking. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm in favor of it. I am in favor of it. I think it's good. Yeah, yeah I'm
2: I say,
4: in. Yeah,
5: I'm in favor. Yeah,
4: I I'd i I'd, I'd be in favour of it. It's yeah, it's, it, it's unfair on the yeah. bigger teams. You the smaller teams have the breaks and stuff and to be honest they're still struggling from the shorter season, the more condensed season as well. You're still seeing injuries prop up. I think it's unfair on the players more than anything.
0: Yeah. Who's uh who who's more who's more selfish? Kloppa Wilder? <laughs> Wilder. I, I don't agree. think anyone is
5: quite. I don't think anyone's yeah. selfish. I just completely. <laughs> I, I, I understand this. where the, both of the managers coming from. That's all I'm saying. And I feel like it's it's up to the Premier League to find a middle ground in between all of that. I think I don't think they're being selfish. I think both of both of the managers got the best interest of the team at heart. And for that reason, I don't think Wilder or any of the managers that voted against uh, five subs is. Is really being selfish i think it's really, literally they have just got their best teams in best interest at heart and i think it's up to the premier league to so find a middle ground somewhere and as jacob said like it doesn't necessarily have to be five sub it could be four it could be someone from the academy something like that just do something to accommodate and they the fact that they haven't done anything to accommodate is what i have a problem with that the fight that they have there wasn't a conversation there wasn't a dialogue there were, nothing was really done and that's what i do have a problem with yes
3: yeah and I mean uh, to build on Jacob's point uh, with regards to homegrown players if you have two bonus subs uh, after your three main subs maybe they can only be used to bring on players under the age of 21 every oh. club has yeah. uh, you know youth and players academy, yeah. and academy so you know there's there's so many different options it doesn't need to be as black and white as they're making it out to be but um yeah, yeah
0: no, I it, think. it's uh, it's either the five subs or fixed sport scheduling Sky yep. and BT that doesn't allow say Wednesday Champions League games and twelve thirty Saturday kickoffs. Do you know what I mean that's a, another big huge problem as well? Like mm-hmm. that's where I guess United and Liverpool and the other two teams the Champions League are facing the most problems with. And other teams rest in Europe. So um I want to move on if everyone's happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the Arsenal and Wolves game, which finished was it two one to Wolves at
1: computer. home at Emirates.
0: So, uh, Jacob, Adam, did you watch that match? What are your thoughts on it?
1: So, I... uh, (laughs) To be honest, I kind of want to laugh. I feel a bit bad. Um, (laughs) It it feels good, actually, that uh, Arsenal are in a seemingly worse position than United right now. Because um, as far as we fall, we've always got them to, you know, prop us us back up just a little bit. Um, I think... I think going back to comments that we uh, we said in other podcast um, where we thought that Arsenal were quite defensively sturdy and you know worked well as a unit, pressed well, they seemed well uh, seemed um, well organised and maybe just needed a couple um, new signings or something like that to elevate them to the next level. But I think we're seeing a big regression here, and I'm not sure if that's just because party's missing. I don't think your whole system should fall down if one player is you know not there. But you've got no, there's no impetus there. There's just feels like there's, you know, there, there's just nothing about them right now. Defensively, they don't look too stable anymore. And um, the person that they would rely on to score all the time for them last year. I mean, where is he? He's <laughs> almost invisible now. <laughs> what's, what's going on? There's just, I think as an Arsenal fan, it's quite depressing as it um you know, if if you sorry, if you were an Arsenal fan, it was quite depressing for you right now. Like you had all the hope of uh, Arteta coming in last season, looking like he's um, solidified the defense, and it just seems like it's you know all gone now. We we were thinking of them as a uh, quite boring um, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, after the United game, obviously we all had our opinions on that one, and um, yeah, I mean you can't even. They seem to be going in like a more traditional Jose Chelsea sort of style, shoring up the defense and then, you know, hitting people on the counter and breaking teams down slightly. Uh, But yeah, just you didn't really see much of that, or if any of that against Wolves, to be honest. Wolves did look fairly good, actually, to be honest. They took their chance as well. and They looked, um, yeah, their attacking players looked pretty good. Anybody else have any uh, thoughts on that? I
3: just hope uh, Raul is is okay, to be honest. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry.
1: I was about to touch on myself. That
4: himself. was a bad injury. Yeah, it was. I was about to jump in mm-hmm. on that. Um, I think all of us can say that we wish him and all of those concerned the best in regarding his recovery. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah.
5: But, mate, the result, like, like I'm just going to say it. I fucking loved it. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> inject that into my veins all day, every day. You know how much I love to see Arsenal lose as a United fan? I love it so much. And... You know what? I've been saying it from like from the longest time. Look, I've appreci- I, I, I liked it to a certain extent what Arteta's done, but you as an Arsenal fan, you can't be loving the football that they're playing. The football is so bad to watch. It does not matter what the results are. As, at times, look, I'm always I know results are more important than anything else in the game, but if you're watching your if you're watching if you're someone who watches your team play week in week out, and you get to see that football. I'd be concerned because I've, I saw that kind of football under Mourinho, and even when we were getting the results, I wasn't, I wasn't happy. So I know what it's like, and that sort of football is atrocious. And I knew it was only a matter of time because you can't keep playing this five at the back system against any and every single team. Like, and so that five at the back, I'm not convinced with. Do you play five at the back, two DMs? So what are you doing? That's too defensive. Like, there's 16 teams in the league that have got a worse team than you so you should be trying to do better, we mentioned on this, we should mention like a, not too long ago, that Brighton play really good football, they don't they don't necessarily have all the quality in the world, but they can still play good football, so there's no reason why to shore up the defence, you have to play a certain kind of football, you can still do, you can do both things at once, but what's happened now is that def- defensively they're okay, but attacking wise, oh my god, they're so bad, like, I saw a stat yesterday, which was so mad that apparently three of um, Wolves players had more dribble than the whole of Arsenal team. Which they were, the whole Arsenal team in total had about two dribbles in ninety minutes and maybe one or two shots on target at Emirates at home. Like, what are you doing? Like, what kind of football is this? And Arteta, there's heat on Arteta now because. He's under he's under the microscope now because look because uh, it was all well and good while they were winning and I know certain Liverpool uh, Arsenal fans were still unhappy with the football but they were letting it slide under the carpet because of the results but well he hasn't got that going for him they've lost three games at home now and it and they've got no London derby coming up next week so it doesn't look good Arteta's got a lot to do and this and number ten thing oh my oh God my was God, oh my yeah. God it was so atrocious to watch and Aubameyang who? Oh but what?
0: No but
6: where
5: Oh where is he? (laughs) Oh my god he's this guy signed the contract and it's gone he's gone missing. So he needs to but Arsenal got problems left right centre and you know what? It's beautiful to watch. I love
4: it. Uh Bamiyang needs to be played through the centre. He he doesn't have it in him still to play on the wings, I don't feel. I
1: think especially if he's not getting Wolves
4: Oh was he?
0: Yeah,
5: yeah the last two games he's played in the middle and still hasn't scored.
1: I don't think they even played a five back actually in that game. I'm pretty yeah, sure they, they played a four back. No, they, they,
0: they did. Yeah, it's four two three one. They were playing. Wow. They were playing a four, and still even then they couldn't they couldn't make an yeah. attack. They, there's no chances. No, this is bad. The fact that they've got Ozil not in in the squad and they're playing Joe Willick, uh, <laughs> number
5: ten.
1: Number I 10 think the, the Ozil thing is more for political reasons um, to do with the club. I, I don't think that's an Arteta decision. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. No
0: one knows. Yeah. That's the thing.
5: But Arteta um, came out and said it was for footballing reasons, yeah, and that's what I've got a problem he had with. i to
1: say that to protect the club, yeah, I think. I don't think that's really what he believes. Yeah, I Hardy,
0: see Hardy and Prius, do you have an opinion for this game?
2: Hardy, John, go first or...
6: No,
2: yeah. I'm
4: just happy to see Arsenal lose. That's 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 all I've got. To know. <laughs> it makes for good content we, afterwards. Arsenal just, fan TV is always a good one. Yeah, just yeah, just to clarify, we don't hate you, Arsenal fans. We wanna say we don't. Well, we, we we do we do we we can still be friends with you. Like we, we still have Arsenal friends. We just we are biased. We're, just we're, not in the
3: immediate vicinity. <laughs> but they're there outside somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just, just not here right now.
5: Uh, I'm sure whoever's listening to this podcast will have a hard time believing that, but I'm done. It's just, it's just like, it's just, it's why I'm so happy is because I wasn't convinced with Arteta from the beginning, and then the system, and then the football he was playing, and and I knew this wasn't a long term thing, and. It cannot be. There's five at the back. Well, now, well, as Jacob mentioned, now they've gone away from the five at the back. But the problem is there's still no pattern of play. They're still not creating enough chances. They're not having enough shots on target. Like, what's happened? One thing Arsenal mm. always had, even under Emery to a certain extent, is good football. Like, the football is the is a priority amongst a lot of other things. Well, that hasn't been... Football is just non-existent at the moment. And I feel like it's a very... This defensive mindset and everything, like they were so scared of leaking in goals. Now they're not scoring any goals. So they've gone from one extreme to the other, which don't necessarily mean you move forward. You just still where you were before. And I feel like Arteta, under Arteta, as many people might disagree with me on that one, I don't think they've progressed enough. No, I don't think they've. Right. It's a I year. Think, he's been in the job I for think, a year now, by the way.
0: Yeah, I don't know if the, what the job he's doing is any different to, to, under Emery, to be honest. And I, if anything, has gone slightly worse, which is... Scary to think about, to be honest. Like, I don't know. Not talking, I was, there's nothing about Arsenal that kind of makes me feel like okay, they will win the game. There's there no, the signings haven't been good enough. You know, signing William has been a disaster. Pepe, I know he didn't play because he suspended, but I don't think he would make much of a difference in that game. He's been disastrous signing as well. Like, yep, there's a I, lot of things wrong with the club.
4: I'd say William wasn't a bad signing because he was basically what they got him for. It's more to do with the fact that uh, they still have long-term residual contracts from players that are quintessentially dead weight at this point. with the same issue uh, United still kind of have. Players like uh, Lingard and...
5: Uh, nah, I think William was atrocious signing, to be fair. Like, that's a Chelsea mm-hmm. reject. They're your rivals. They... And, um, and to be fair, bit, other bit, than the bit, first bit, Fulham bit. game, what has he done? This we're like we're literally yeah. 30 percent of the season in. We're almost in December now. What has William done except that first game? He has done absolutely nothing for them. Can you
4: criticize just William though? Isn't it their entire team? It hasn't mm-hmm. hasn't clicked. I, I I don't think it's a deal with William. Yeah. William's actually creating some of the chances for Arsenal, whereas other players aren't. I don't think William deserves all the stick he's getting. I. Because he's an attacking player, he's a new signing, and he's playing over your club record signing, most games. <laughs> he's yeah. getting the he's getting the stick, but
5: I think the he's, stick he's, is for like, Arsenal should have made a more ambitious signing than Villian. Like I just, I think they needed to make an attacking signing. They need they knew they needed um, reinforcements in the attacking third, and I I don't think as even though Villian's a good squad player, I think they needed a better signing than him. And that's what I think the frustration well, okay. from Arsenal fans would be.
4: They already spent the money on Pepe and then they've spent they have spent money on other positions. I like parte I think he's a class signing for any team. And yeah. they 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 spent money on him. And Arsenal are known not to spend money most years at the best of times. But you're talking in the middle of a pandemic where they can't ring their fans out for every pound they own. To come and see Arsenal. Because I they're still the most expensive in the league, I think, for all, any sort of ticket. including yeah. season ticket. <laughs> but um, just, uh, with Arsenal, sorry, Joel, just with
3: Arsenal, sorry Joe, just with Arsenal moving right. forward, there's there's not a lot of exciting things going on there. But one thing I do want to see with Arsenal is this 4 3 one system where you've got Partey playing as part of the central pivot on the right-hand side. Um, yeah. Having William play as a 10 in front of him. Pepe on the right. Aubameyang on the left and Lacazette in the middle for me personally that would be Arsenal's strongest lineup and I don't think it's 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 a, a formula that they've tried just yet so I'm quite interested to see if Arteta will ever try playing William, Pepe, Lacazette, Aubameyang party in the same team um, and I think that could actually end up being uh, the most exciting Arsenal we'll see this season but we'll have to wait and see if that ever comes to fruition.
5: Absolutely. like except Pepe, I think we might see I actually think we might see that lineup against Spurs to be honest because i I think the players they played like one didn't didn't impress like the likes of Joe willick, for example, like I think that he's he's getting out of the team for Lacazette. because Joe willick did not impress like even players that came off the bench like some like Reese Nelson for example just did not impress one bit. So, I think we might see, obviously, party being injured and Pepe being ruled out. I, but other than that, I think we'll like, we'll, see, we'll start seeing the likes of them coming back straight into the team because the fringe players aren't good enough, to be honest.
3: Yeah, it's definitely a jigsaw. And, uh, you know, there, there is a solution. that We'll see if Arteta can find it. But for us now to just move on to the uh, Manchester United... Uh, Southampton game, sorry, Southampton United. Uh, pardon me, if um, any of United boys want to get us started.
5: Jacob?
1: Uh, no, somebody else. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Bria oh, uh, P- P- Shahadi? Oh, do you want to Yeah, start
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can start us off. Uh, I thought it we went obviously not so well at the beginning. Um, yeah. Again, uh, Prowse wonder on set pieces. Uh, to start them off strong, Uh, De Gea taking a knock which did for me as a United fan, I wanted to see Henderson play as a a, especially a young player that he is and the amount of stuff he's done, it's good to see him play, Um, also on the other hand I don't want to see a player like De Gea get injured Um, but he'll be back, I don't think he'll be too much of an injury Uh, on the other side, yes we did come out with a win which is always good to see um, we played poor, I think, to the standards that I have seen United play in the past. Um, but other than that, I I'll take the three points. So I can't say anything more than that.
4: I um, actually, do you mind if someone wants to go ahead of me? Or I don't? Or do you mind if I go? Yeah, go. Yeah. Um, I actually thank you. Um, I actually felt as though it was a pretty good all-round performance from United. We we started off the game actually quite strong. Southampton did get two goals. Maybe De Gea could have done better with the um, second goal from the free kick. And the first first goal, maybe we should have defended it better. Um, The better was gotten of Rashford. So maybe should have had someone else marking him, but he did well the rest of the game, marking his man. But for the most part, Southampton, if you look at their stats, I think they've only conceded four goals in the first half, which is second best in the league. However, in the second half, they've conceded something like 18 or something like that, which is the 19th best in the league. It's the second worst. Southampton come out of the blocks flying. They will press, they will press and they will press. And they they got their rewards for that. United United were kind of just about on the back foot. We still had a few chances in the first half. Yeah. It was just one of it was just one of those. Oh, United are two nil down. It, all of a sudden we're regressing again. o out. o out. Trending all over Twitter and all other social media. <laughs> but with I I thought United actually had a decent first half for the most part. We, yeah, it sucked. We were behind. But Solskjaer said it at the post game. He didn't really have to say anything at the halftime to the lads. He made a sub, um, Cavani, for Greenwood, which I think was needed because our main issue going forward in the first half, especially towards the se- in the second half of the first half, was that we had no width. And I think that was just Greenwood wasn't used to playing that particular formation, that particular style, whereas Cavani, being the number nine he is, was used to it, and he made—he was a man to match by country Mile in my opinion. Even when Bruno got the first goal and an assist on the second goal, Cavani was the one that turned the team around. Yeah,
0: Definitely.
4: and he, his movement just—it it fitted, it fitted the team so well, and what we what we needed to do. And of course, we came back and got a win, and I was ecstatic for the rest of the day. <laughs> Because yeah, it was it United. was, it it, it 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 was United of old. I think one of the commentators said so it, was, it. It would remind Solskjaer of United of old, and it reminded me of United of old. Those comeback late wins, although did we get it in stop. Yeah, we got it in stoppage time as well. So
6: yeah,
4: yeah. It, the loss of go Yeah. Yeah. I I I felt it was an overall good good choice by Solskjaer. He, it was. It was done well. Um, A lot of United fans, including myself, didn't necessarily want to see the 4-4-2 again. Uh, I want to
6: ask you guys. uh, I want to ask you guys. Do you guys put any stick on Greenwood at all? (sighs) Do we put any stick on Greenwood as the United fans?
4: I'll let someone else go
1: first. No. I mean, personally, I think he's just just a young player. You know, he's going to have um, performances that that aren't so great. I mean, he's obviously had like quite a hard time recently with the media and you know stuff like that. That's a, that's a different thing altogether. But um, I think you cut him some slack, you know, for the time being. You know, he's a player that needs to be protected. He's obviously very, very talented. So that that kind of thing will come of time. You know, I don't, I don't think there's any um, anything that you know you need to worry about with Greenwood. Maybe besides his mental health. Hopefully, um, mm-hmm. you know, that can you know stabilize itself and hopefully he's uh he's starting to feel a bit better after the death of his friend um yeah oh yeah i think um but moving on from that sorry I, i think you know are we finally gonna start to see eddie start now i mean i i think barring you know his potential uh ban for his instagram post uh i think he has to start you know as our number nine for the foreseeable future and maybe see, um, you know, Rashford and, uh, Martial wide of him a bit more movement, a bit more width, just see what we can create from there. I think. And for me also, Vanderbeek has to, you know, he has to be starting this, this guy's, is, is class, he can actually hold the ball and resist a press. Yep. And that's yeah. something that I think we lack, um, sometimes. So for me, he's, he needs to be starting.
3: Yeah. Just real quick. i to ask you a question on that, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously Bruno Fernandes is mm-hmm. your number ten. He's would be anyone's number ten at this point, I'm sure, right? In this in this formation you're describing to me. Uh, so you've got Eddie Eddie down the middle. You've got uh, Rashford Martial either side of him. Fernandes just behind. You've got Donny Van der Beek in the mix. Mm-hmm. Is
1: there room for Pogba in this? To be honest, um, I don't really think so. I I don't think we've Necessarily got a place for him, but not that I don't think he's good enough for the team because obviously he is. I just don't think it's right for him anymore. I just don't. I don't see us progressing with him any further, really. Yeah,
3: irreconcilable um, differences, if you will. You know, nothing against the player. Yeah, I, no I don't
1: think has. it's like a case of like player against manager or anything like that. I think it's just it's just not happening and and also for me like it doesn't matter how many good performances he'll ever put in if he did continue here he just he the fans don't like him and obviously there are some that do and some that don't mind him some that are indifferent but um he just he has lost the fans and it doesn't matter what he does if if something's taken out of context or whatever like that it doesn't matter if he comes and corrects it what has been you know poured out first even if it's misconstrued, will be taken as hot. You know, that's it. Now he said this, that's that. Yeah. So it, it is what it is at this point. I think it's probably best for him to just move on.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about the Paul Pogba situation. Like, I'm, 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 I'm in no camp. Like, I, because I think Pogba is undoubtedly world class. Now, I know sometimes he hasn't performed to that standard, but then there's been times where he's been by and far the best you know, Man United player. And mm-hmm. he might still be the best Man United player. Like, who'd argue against Pogba being the best United player? I know Bruno Fernandes is everyone's favourite and everything, but can you say what Pogba is not more talented? Pogba's like, he's. we just got to remember, he's a World Cup winner. He was a pivotal figure in that team. And he what he's achieved in Serie A with Juventus and what he's achieved so far in his career, and even in, just in the United shirt, there's been times where he's been unplayable and brilliant and i think a lot of the criticism he has faced is a bit unfair he's never had like he's never been in a settled man united team this man united team that i'm yet to see like to a certain extent we're starting to see it a little bit under Oli, but we've never really had a settled team and it's really hard like he's been played in various positions like last year or so we've seen him play as a cdm now pogba is not a cdm He's a he's a guy who likes to get forward, and the team was never built around him to play a certain way and all that kind of stuff. So there's been restrictions imposed. I still I'm still hopeful Oli can find a way to fit him into the team because I feel like we're always going to be stronger with Pogba in than Pogba out, and I always I still maintain that opinion. I just hope now I don't know how we do it. I can't answer that question because. I'm not the manager, but I hope Ollie or whoever the manager of Manchester United is can find a way to fit Pogba in. And I really do hope that because he is quality and I don't want him to go. As far as that result was concerned, it was a massive win. Like if that if he had lost that game against Southampton, it's all doom and gloom again. Like that's how this season is at the moment where we were at. Like even with Arsenal, like they're four like they could be like eight points off like the top four and then they're like eight points other way, they kinda of close to relegation zone. That's how this is a very weird season where a couple of games here and there and your season could look a whole lot worse or great. That's it, just in, the, just like that. So that was a massive win for United. We're still in, like, we're still close. We still haven't lost two... two too much of the ground again, like with all the other teams, and and it was a good win, and it was it should be a confidence booster, like with with the big Champions League games to come, and United are doing well in the Champions League at the moment, so it was a massive confidence booster. And as uh, Joel mentioned earlier, I don't necessarily think it was a bad performance in the first half. It's just we weren't clinical with our chances, and Southampton took their chances. But one thing I did was upset with was how quickly our heads dropped after conceding the first goal. Like the last twenty minutes of the first half, I was just hoping that look let's not let, it, let let this get let's not let this get away sort of thing from like from our hands from our grasp and that's what i felt like after what happened after the first goal but we came out strong in the second half and i always knew we were going to score because we created chances in the first half and if we put a, if we did put up a similar performance in the second half i knew we will get goals and we did and it, it came from Cavani, He's, everything that's been mentioned his movement good his uh goal scoring record over the years has been amazing it's been prolific and he still looks good and he still looks fit which is massive thing for us and when he came in um i remember like it looked um a lot of people thought that it was like a stress like sort of, sort of like a panic buy that was the phrase that was used by all the media outlets and even amongst the fans that he was a panic buy um however a lot of the united fans are coming round to the fact that maybe just maybe he could be a really good signing for us this season, and I'm I'm one of those people. And I mean, if Cavani wasn't on the pitch, United weren't, weren't winning that game. So already he has shown he has already got us those three points. So already he's proving to be a good signing for us already. And I feel like going forward in the season with our obviously problems going scoring goals and stuff like that, I think Cavani will be a good signing for us. Even if even if he was a panic buy, I still think we might have we might have hit gold like just randomly and I think Cavani was a good signing and I'm glad that he's here because he was really important in that game and that kind of movement is something that I want from Martial now I'm a fan of Martial but I just want him to be prolific man I just want him to come clutch come good in those big moments big games and I hope Martial can learn a lot from Cavani and we can start to see because he he does really well for the team. He he. Some, I I sometimes think he's too un, um too unselfish. I just want him to be a little bit more selfish. He's a goal scorer man. At the end of the day, and always he's always gonna be. All the work he puts in for the team always gets unnoticed because all people are concerned with is stats and goals. And I just want him to start scoring goals. And yeah, man. But yeah, I'm. I was I was chopped for that performance and three points. Like that's that's the way I wanted to start my Super Sunday, and that's how it began. So. Chuffed as a United fan, and I feel like it was a massive confidence booster for Oli and the club. And it is, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic and hopeful again, man. And I'm feeling good as a United fan, which is, which I wasn't, wasn't able to say a few weeks ago. But as a United fan, it feels good again.
0: Until they lose next week, right? <laughs> yeah, <pretty much. laughs> yeah. 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 Until Oli, PSD the, kick our ass. <laughs> yeah. The Oli rollercoaster still moves on. Bro,
5: Oli roller coaster still roller coaster moves on. We move. Downs, right? oh, the ups and downs. I've never seen more ups and downs, man. But this Oli journey has been, it's been a mass. It's just ups and downs all round. We go through a phase of good performances, then bad performances. Then it's Oli out, Oli in, Oli out, Oli in. Like feel good factors back, really. Oh, pre up Pogba. All these kind of like shenanigans. It's just been, it's been one heck of a journey. And look, there's been times where I've been critical of Oli and. Look, you know, like I have mean, I've spoken in length about how I'm not convinced with Oli, and I feel like I don't think he's ever gonna get us to where we want to be. But look, man, you can't fault the guy for what he's doing right now. Like, I mean, I still don't think he's good enough, and I still don't think I I think we with someone like Prochettino, we might be better off. But when credit credit where credit's due, he's done well in that with that substitution. That was a masterstroke, and he's doing well this season. So hope it keeps going good, man.
3: Just to once... make sure we don't end it on the United high. There's a lot of uh, similarities between, you know, the United and Arsenal fan base at times when you when you get down to it and you think about it. But uh, I'll just leave it at that one, you know, just to be
0: a bit controversial.
2: <laughs> That's right. You're not going to find a Man Fan TV, bro. i tell you that.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> where they're their own channel, isn't it? Isn't it yeah, yeah, they, they do. I think something. I think
2: there they is.
1: Um well, yeah,
0: I remember back in the know, days. It
1: was that it was guy on TV Andy Tate. Andy Tate. Andy
0: Tate. Andy yeah. Tate, David Moyes times. Those were the good times.
4: Oh. <laughs> Let's not talk about those dark days. Mm.
0: Biggest Joker. Is it biggest Joker in town? Wasn't it? Was that the one? Yeah. April, uh, <laughs> Today April Fool's. April Poster. Fool's. <laughs> <laughs> April <laughs> Fool's. Oh, that is one of the classic videos April of all time, mate. Yeah. Biggest oh. fool in Manchester. Yeah.
5: Fucking hell. Um,
0: out. I had a look at the fixtures just now. And most of them are kind of dry, except for the big North London Derby. So, I want to quickly t- ask, what your guys' predictions for that match is? Tottenham versus Arsenal.
5: I can tell you, um, Arteta needs that win more than Mourinho does. Like hmm. Arteta, as I mentioned earlier, is under serious heat from the fans, from everyone at the moment, and he needs that win. But I don't think he's getting it. I I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a draw. I don't I, and I think it's just gonna be the case of both teams too scared to lose rather than win, sort of thing. I still maintain that opinion. And I feel like um it's gonna be a draw, man. I I, I don't see Arsenal winning it because I just haven't seen enough from them or football wise or anything wise. I think they do have the quality in the players in certain areas. I just I just don't see any team winning it, to be fair. And I don't think Spurs are gonna be very ambitious either to win it. So I I'm I'm going for a draw. What about you guys?
1: I think Arsenal will have to show up. They they have to. It's the North London derby. I mean, if they can't show up for this, then sack the manager now, really. Like, if you can't get your players up for that derby, what what can you do? You know, it's either yeah. they're not playing for you or you're just not the right man. So I think, I think they have to show up. Not that I think they'll win, but uh, I think we'll see a, a slightly different uh, level of performance from Arsenal even if it's like a like a ground out draw or maybe like a ground out 1-0 loss i think it'll be fairly tight um unless there's an early goal then it's anyone's game i think if um spurs score first that's probably that's probably it it could be a it could be a riot or you know maybe we'll just see another Mourinho settle for a 1-0 sort of thing yeah, yeah
3: personally um just to be controversial i'm going to say Arsenal's going to win the game I think we're going to see uh, a really hard-fought, dogged performance uh, from Arsenal, and then we're not going to see one for a good few weeks. Um, I think it's going to be a one-and-done performance. It's it's all about, you know, can can their match winners turn up for this one game? And I think, uh, you know, Lacazette, Aubameyang, I think I think they owe they owe the Arsenal fans um, a few goals to be honest. And I don't see why it can't come on the weekend.
4: I hope Arsenal win. I hope Arsenal win, but that's mostly because I want United to have better top four prospects. Um, I see Spurs winning that. If if Arsenal can nick and get a couple goals, in the, like in the first half, like Britskrieg or whatever, something like that, then they stand a chance. But it's I, I'm going to put it this way: if Arsenal score early, you still see Spurs coming back to win it. If Spurs win, you see it all being one-way traffic to Spurs. That's how that mm. game works.
0: Mm. In my opinion, if Spurs wants to win the title, they have to be Arsenal. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, they have yeah. to. Yeah. It's very, very important that they do that. Yeah, you know, at, at, at this stage, to be a champion, you have to like not drop points around December time, and they, i don't think they can afford to lose any points, really. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Um, Hardy Prish, what do you think?
6: I can
2: uh, see uh, Spurs
5: uh, slapping up Arsenal. Mm.
6: Arsenal Arsenal's
5: gonna get slapped up, like five. Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow! You heard it first.
6: Oh, first
0: that's
2: guys. A big call. Spurs will just steal it. To be fair, one nil. It'll be like a late goal. Kane or Son will like steal it. I think.
0: If Arsenal play the way they did against Wolves, they're in trouble.
2: Cause... Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, but if, it's the same thing as if Tottenham played it against Chelsea. they like. It's just gonna be a boring game. Like with a steal at the end.
0: I don't I don't feel Mourinho sees Arsenal as a threat as much as Chelsea was a threat. Oh definitely that's, not. The definitely. that's definitely the I think. I think Mourinho knows his fault. Like he'll play like he did against United, like, hopefully. So you know I mean he sees a pitfall.
6: Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna see Arsenal in the same way. Also, uh, Chelsea are much better defence than Arsenal are. So Oh definitely. Mm. Yeah, Chelsea Tottenham was that can't more now than good. more than ever. Tottenham will hit. Tottenham's counter will actually hit them really hard whereas like Chelsea were able to sustain Tottenham's counters but mm. um, they had the, the defenders to do the job but honestly Arsenal being able to withhold the, the sort the counter-attacks from Tottenham that they'll get
0: Cool uh, So yeah that, that's been us the Offside Football Show uh, I'd like to say, say thanks uh, for listening so yeah See you later, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> kind of See, you. Oh. See you.